Guys, we're going to be talking today about UX influence in companies, overall influence in the company in general. Let's not just talk about the product, but how the product can be lifted and also leveraged so where you can have an influence in the company overall, building that trust in those relationships. We're going to be talking about that. And we're also going to be talking about accessibility today. Stay tuned. Let's go. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the True Experience Podcast. I'm Trey Banks, user experience professional, walking and talking with you through usability, design thinking, inclusive design, culture, and so much more in the tech space. Let's get to it. Making impacts in UX to business is a few years ago probably some of the things that we would only dream of. But now we're actually seeing these things come into fruition. And let's make it plain and simple. I don't think that it's really any magic tricks involved. I think it's plainly the relationships and the confidence that's being built in user experience professionals in the industry, regardless of the market that they're touching. Uh, there's the more there's more trust there. There's more belief that what we do actually works. And this, these are things that evolve over time as they've continued to evolve. There's like a stepping stone, there's a block, there's a piece that there's connecting, that's connecting to the users uh, that a company touches, just connecting to the customer line that they're uh, impacting and the customer's journey that they're impacting. So what happens when we get the ability to have that level of influence, to have the ability to talk to the business? How do we do that? And how can you today do that more effectively day to day as over time you will find yourself in that same seat. Well, what happens is you have to foster relationships. You have to foster strong relationships. And you have to start by taking yourself out of the equation and your goals or objectives out of the equation. You have to start considering what other people need, okay, for one, and start helping them solve problems that they they need, right? And, and, and what I mean by that, I don't, I don't mean like, oh my gosh, like completely walk away from the product that you've been hired to, to work on. I mean, help foster the relationship. You're going to have stakeholders that have needs. You're going to have people that you work with that are going to have needs. You're not going to find yourself being able to be so siloed that you only do what you do and walk away. It's about fostering relationships. Again, I've always said this. You heard Chris Carter come on here. Uh, have this conversation in the first episode. Don't have an agenda. You have agendas when you're creating a meeting. You have an agenda for a meeting. Don't have an agenda when it comes to building relationships. Help one another, plain and simple. That's the only agenda. That's the only objective. Help one another. When you do that, you find yourself getting, um, getting, gaining influence. You start, you start to understand that hey, there's more need for you here, and that starts to. That starts to evolve into from from a, a good thought process. Oh, we could consider him to hey, we need to make sure that he or she is in the room. Make sure you're there and they're involved in that process. Now, sometimes you got to work on those things as time goes by. You do have to build that up. That's not something that something that happens overnight. But to get there, you will find yourself put. And you find yourself put in some weird places. You will see some weird things happen. Trust me. But the one thing that you will always see happen is you being tested in those circumstances. And it's a good thing. 
When the more pressure gets put on you, it's a good thing. It's not bad. When somebody is looking for you to extend in another direction and maybe aside from the product you're working on or maybe aside from what you thought you got hired to do, that's a good thing. Now, how you handle it and the bandwidth you have in which to handle it, that might not be as good. So what I mean is that you have to learn how to balance and play the games, uh, uh, you know, play, play the rounds of the game, as, if you will, uh, as you go. But because it's, it's no, there are no quick fixes. There are no magical transitions. Now, what I do encourage, one, take the time to evolve as a designer, as you grow, because everything that you do, you should be taking your skill set and your process and your discipline with you in, 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 uh, in consideration and everything that you're doing. So if a business says, hey, we want to build this roadmap out for the next year, we want to create this project and, or, or, or start building out this service or this product, for customers or for, you know, um, for enterprise, you know, for our internal infrastructure. Should we do that? Or when should we do that? Those are things that maybe we can get involved in. Research, hello, defining the problem. Why would you involve it? Knowing why, know why. If you know the why, you get to the bottom about 99.5%. Now, one of the things that I love about UX is that if you have a very well-baked problem statement, you've already solved half the problem. And I, and I mean that. A well-baked problem statement solves half the problem. More than half the problem, to be fairly honest. Now, we can hypothesize, conduct research, build assumptions. Those assumptions can be either affirmed or confirmed, validated or invalidated, right? We can go through our phases, high-level design process, going into some of the low-fidelity wireframing and early-level sketching, high-fidelity wireframes that ultimately being baked down into comps, those comps being translated through uh, prototypes, click-throughs, shout-outs to Envision or shout-outs to anybody who uh, is uh, producing high-level or high-fidelity comps, click-throughs, and whatever may have you. Um, Prototypes will turn from prototypes into real situation uh, development and you start going through that into that product of, I'm sorry, that proof of concept of that POC, that real life uh, situation on the front end, you'll start seeing that fulfilled and the back end, the data transfer, um, start going through real transactions. You will find yourself in unique places. And as that happens, there will be evolution to your to your to your value you'll see your value start to grow and grow and grow and it will turn in from hey this person had this impact on this product to hey without this person at this company we wouldn't be able to do this and i believe that it's our job to help that as designers i believe that's our job to bring that into 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 fruition. I think it's our job as, as a reality that we can go in and make that kind of impact. Now, what kind of what kind of of, of transition has to take place? Or what kind of actions have to take place in order for these to become our truth? Well, the first thing you do again is foster relationships. Secondly, carry the process in what you're doing in your product. Third, is that you start to look for the avenues of influence that you can have influence in. Now, the third's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. 
But you will understand through the relationships you're, you're building how to do that a little bit clearer. And again, guys, I, I'm, I'm talking about the long haulers. If you're under contract, if you're phasing out, you may not have this level of, of influence. You may not be able to. There's a chance. But I mean, I'm just saying you, you might not have this ability. So it, it's, it's, this is something that I will encourage for those who are full-time, what they're doing, you know, they're, they're there for the long haul, right? They plan on being around. Um, but building relationships is everything. It makes all the difference. Now, I will, let, me, let, me, let me also take you to this, to this step. If you are in a place where you feel like you're not getting any attention for what you do, then it might be important for you to build case studies around things and show before and after. If you know you've had impact in something, show the before and after and how you directly impacted that, how that correlates to the success of the product. But that's either here or there. I'm just saying it. I, I would encourage you to do that. Like, take the extra time. If that means you got to do it over the weekend, and do that over the weekend, man. I mean, like, make the difference. If they don't see it from that, then, hey, maybe your relationships aren't strong enough. Or maybe it's time for you to make a change. I, I, I don't want to be the guy out here telling you to leave and quit and go somewhere else every time. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it is needed. Sometimes you need to make a change. So I just wanted to say this because I think it's so important. I didn't want to spend a long, you know, a long window of time talking about this. But UX, as it pertains to the overarching business impact, used to be a dream. And I think now we're seeing that reality come into fruition. We are really seeing it manifest in, in business today. And how we don't just have an impact on a product-to-product basis, but we now have an impact in company-to-company decision. Or, or I'm sorry, decision-to-decision in a company. Big choices that are made throughout the whole roadmap of the year. And what do we want to execute so it's really cool, guys. I'm just saying, you know, just take it into consideration. Foster strong relationships. It makes all the difference. You can have your hard skills in the back pocket any day. They can go and get a designer to do what you're doing anytime. But if you build strong relationships, they're really getting to know what your vision is for ideas, things that you have ideas to do, things that you're considering. That's what makes the difference of you in a company versus somebody else. And I'm going to tell you something. Relationships are the gap. That's the bridge. That's the bridge. Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to True Experience with Trey Banks. Stay locked in as Trey is going to be talking on the topic of accessibility. Man, accessibility is a challenge for people, I think, sometimes because there's a loss um, in understanding about it. Now, accessibility is made up of four main guidelines, right? Four main guidelines that we utilize under a format called Web Content uh, Accessibility Guidelines, right? So it's the WCAG. Right. And about once a decade, the WCAG updates their guidelines, a strategic outlet of guidelines that are given to say, hey, we are accommodating those with impairments and, and disabilities and those who uh, may be challenged in certain ways uh, through whether it's the senses or environmental or just a lot of different different types of disabilities. Right. I mean, 
We have to design for the dyslexic. We have to design for the autistic, uh, let alone for those who may be hearing impaired or those who may be vision impaired or those who may be challenging with mobility uh, uh, limitations, right? So there's a lot of things that come in the wide range, in the, you know, in the wide range of things around accessibility. So one of the things that I like to I, I do is I've adopted a term called inclusive. Uh, one of the designers at uh, Home Depot where I work, one of the designers that are there, uh, she has a wide you know, range and experience in, uh, in, in, in accessibility. And she said the term that she adopted when she worked with the CDC, uh, of course, government, uh, she worked with the CDC. She said the term that was widely adopted was inclusive design. And, you know, you, you spend time thinking about it. I mean, it's obviously much more uh, human of a term, right? We want to include people uh, to be able to use the products we build. And I mean, this is just practical, right? So uh, there are four guidelines, right? Four major guidelines, right? That, that create the umbrella of our success criteria, right? So those four are all things that are perceivable in your application or website, all things that are operable in your application or website, and all things that are understandable, right? And then the final thing, the fourth thing, is all the stuff that's robust. And okay, so things that are perceivable is literally that. I mean, it's 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 self-explanatory, right? We want to make sure that people can perceive the navigation or the things that are happening in the site, the access points of the site, right? Really where we're connecting with the people when they reach out to touch that product. Is it real? Right? Should be perceivable. Right? And then when we think about things that are operable, we look at things that are around keyboard, shortcuts, uh, any other extension of things that are operable to withstand any limitations uh, that may happen with, you know, a person that can't use a mouse or can't use a trackpad. Right. So we want to have keyboard shortcuts tabbing through the site. Right. Making sure that it's accessible to withstand those keyboard shortcuts or those keyboard um, navigations that we use to actually get through the site. Right. So you want to make sure certain things when you think about architecturally, you want to make sure certain things like a card sorting or or some of the outlets that are happening around the site itself or the app itself. You don't want to have hidden menus. You don't want to have a whole lot of hidden content, even though you may feel like, oh, ultimately, it'd be cool so they can utilize and then engage them. Well, when it comes down to utilization of that product, it has to be a utility, right? So they can continue to use it and get value from it. Uh, things that are operable, you want to make sure you are assuredly giving them something that they can continue to use and get value out of, even for those who have uh, an impairment or disability. Remember, people, those with limitations around cognitive uh, mobility uh, or even you know vision and hearing impairments, those who have those limitations are not limited people, right? And they also have the same right to content that you and I access every day. Right. We get on a website. We just take it for granted. Right. I mean, it's just something that happens. So let me just say this also. So, so, you know, just take take that in step. OK, so so let's get back to it. OK, we got perceivable down. We have operable down. So now let's talk about understandable content, things that we understand through it. So there's sure there should be some access point of usability in this. Right. You know, part of a part of usability heuristic checking is predictability. Right. Is the application predictable? Can I anticipate the next screen? 
right? If it's a stepper, can I anticipate the next step? If it is a checkout flow or a buy flow, can I anticipate the next screen is my credit card information, right? And not a probing, get your social security number stuff just to buy a shirt, right? (laughs) Right? So can I anticipate what's coming? Can I predict what's coming? Is it understandable enough to believe that I know the next thing that's coming with it. And let me even add one for you. When you consider this, what happens is you're no longer thinking about what the user is getting because the user no longer has to think, right? You're giving them the control. And that's something that's so important. You give the user the power They'll keep coming back. It produces customer loyalty. One of the things that they push for so hard in marketing is customer loyalty. Uh, one of the things in, in telecom, in my, in my background, uh, they push so hard, right? I'm at Home Depot. It's in retail. It's about loyalty. How can we engage the customer? That's one. But how can we have their trust? How can we ensure that what we're building, right? How can we ensure that what, we're, what we have is something that people can actually trust, It's going to be there tomorrow for them. And not only will it be there for them, but it'll be there for them for their benefit so they can use it when they need it. Right. So many products are out there right now that are produced literally for the person who built it and not for the not for the user. There's no no research, no validation, no affirmation about what was put there for their benefit. And so many people will continue to recycle this, this, this behavior. When it comes to product building, they, they'll continue to recycle this behavior. There's no balanced team. There's nobody conducting research. There's nobody out there assuring that the product that they're building and the stack that they're choosing is the best for the product itself, right? And it's best for the user engaging the content. And this stuff matters. This stuff matters. It really does. I get hyped up about it because I understand when it fails. I've failed. I've seen this fail. I've been a part of the failure, right? And then I've also seen this succeed. I've been a part of the success. And I know what comes with that. And I get passionate about it. I'm very excited about it because I know when we have the ability to engage our users, we're not just checking off a compliance box. Who cares about Section 508 compliance when we care about the user at the end of the day? Right. We'll meet double A standards at minimum. (laughs) Yeah. Closed captioning. (laughs) No, duh. Yeah. Of course, we're going to make sure that our contrast ratios are four and a half, uh, four four to five, uh, four, four point five to one ratios. Of course, we're going to ensure that we meet triple A standards when it comes down to closed captioning and when it comes down to text size. Of course, when 18-point font gets there, we're going to measure our accessibility 3.5 uh, to 1. Of course, we're going to consider what happens when a user uh, has navigable challenges. We're already going to have the assistive technology to get us there, right? So that they can have the same access that anybody else does. And that brings us to the fourth, to the, to the actually uh, the fourth guideline, and that's robust. Right? How robust is your application? Can the assistive technology stand up around it and stand up with it, be utilized with it? We're talking about JAWS. It's called, it's called Job Access with Speech. 
right? So we want to be able to produce a task of screen reader or, you know, of, of, of reading a screen's content, right? And you want to have the best experience possible. Let me be very clear too about these screen readers. And this is all due respect to those who create them because I understand they're really, ta- they're really challenging technologies to create. And then, yeah, I mean, you're trying to create a human experience for any content in the World Wide Web. I mean, seriously, how realistic is that? Of course, they're gonna, it's going to feel very choppy, right? But create the best experience you can with these technologies, right? Braille readers, you hook it up to a USB port, you know, and the technology is continually evolving. But these Braille readers, as a person who's blind, they actually can feel the navigation of the site through what's being read throughout the site, right? As the content flows through the, through the actual Braille reader. So as that responsivity happens with the Braille reader, they're getting that information and they're able to utilize it, right? There's so many assistive technologies for impairments and, and disabilities. And it's something that I encourage everybody to take a look at. I encourage you guys to, uh, you know, check it out more in depth, look it up, check out accessibility, look at w3c.org. If you were a designer or a developer, man, it's important to know. It's important to know. If you're in legal, it's a shame if you don't. So at the end of the day, let me be very clear about this. Pay attention to the users. Pay attention to their needs. Care about what they have and, 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 and understand they have so much to offer to your product. Right? And care about what they have. What I mean by that is not it's in their pockets. I mean, care about what they have. Like they're human beings that have souls that have interest in what you are sharing. One thing they have is loyalty, potentially at least. One thing they have is trust in you, potentially at least. <laughs> the less you care about them, the more you find yourself in really, really, really rough situations wondering why you've completely neglected and alienated an entire, an entire group of people. And you know, it's so amazing that we can discriminate and, and find our way to limit their ability to access information that they have the right to. And then you want to know why you're freaking out because you're getting sued and ADA regulations come in. Oh, and then you start learning all these case studies and stories around Disney and other companies. Man, learn and do your homework now. Care about the user today and do right by them right now. I'm out of here, man. I'm going to get with y'all later on the flip side. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Much love. I'm out of here. Peace three things I need from you today. After listening to this podcast, three things I need from you. One, subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Two, socialize this out. Share this with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, your baby mama, baby daddy. I don't care. Share it out. If they're a user experience designer, they need to hear this now. Okay, so share it out. Three, if this is a topic that you want to hear on True Experience please email me at true.experience77 at gmail.com. That's true.experience77 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at TreyBank77 and on Twitter at TreyUXDesign. And if you want to specifically follow the True Experience podcast page on Instagram and on Facebook, it's experience.true. All right. So I flip-flopped that a little bit. Flip-flopped. Experience.true. And guys, remember this always. The views reflected in this podcast do not reflect the views of Home Depot. I love you guys. Peace. And I'm out of here.